What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Clark, and today we're doing doing another round of Science Saturday. If anyone can come up with a name that's a little bit less cheesy than that, let me know. But for right now, it's the best I got. And as always, uh, given the name, we're going to dive a little bit into the science today. And my goal is to take the the complex, like complicated science, like nerd stuff that really only I care about and translate it into stuff that is actually actionable for you and that you can take and apply into your own situation right now. So before we get into the topic for today's episode, if you enjoy the episode, if you learn something new, if you learn something that you're able to go and apply in your own life, as always, go ahead and drop a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. Uh, It helps us grow on the iTunes charts and the more we grow, the more people we can reach and help. And also, if you enjoy the episode, go ahead and take a screenshot, post it on your Instagram story, and tag me in it. Uh, that way I know who's listening and what you enjoy about the episode and what you enjoy about the podcast in general, so that way I can provide you as much valuable content as possible in the future. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Um, there's no transition there because this isn't a guest episode, it's a solo episode. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. But nonetheless, what I want to talk about today is the role that carbohydrates play in fueling your performance and why exactly we need to prioritize carbohydrates in the context of high intensity performance over uh, fat because there's a lot of talk about using fat for fuel I uh, just released a podcast yesterday about the ketogenic diet with the uh, with the guest hat on it was great and like I'll get into there's definitely context where a higher fat approach is beneficial but most of the time in the context of high performance or high intensity performance in uh, sports like team sports like basketball, football, soccer, and sports like CrossFit and stuff like that where you're performing at high intensities over periods of time longer than like 10 seconds, um, it's a glycolytic sport, which means that it uses primarily carbohydrates as fuel. So if you're not taking in enough carbohydrates, you're not going to be fueling optimally for that sport. And the reason why we want to fuel carbohydrates and not use fat as fuel, because as a nice ring to it, fat for fuel, and most people want to burn body fat and think of it as a way to get lean and all this stuff. But the reality is, fat's not the most optimal fuel for high intensity activity. And here's why. So carbohydrates, let's say carbohydrates, uh, for example, they're stored in your body as glycogen. And glycogen is stored in two places in your body. Uh, The liver uh, holds a small amount of glycogen, but for our purposes in the context of this podcast, we're going to focus on muscle glycogen. So glycogen, so carbohydrates are stored directly in your muscles. And along with them, there's water. For each gram of glycogen, there is 2.7, I believe, grams of water stored along with it. Again, that's not really uh, that doesn't really have much to do with the topic of today's podcast, but it's just it's just good to know because oftentimes when people reintroduce carbs back into their diet, their weight might fluctuate up, and most of the time that is why. So the more you know. But in the context of today's episode, the reason why talking about glycogen is important is because it's stored directly in your muscle. So, and then that glycogen in your muscle is used when you do work with that muscle. So for example, you have glycogen stored in your bicep. If you go and do bicep curls, you're using that glycogen that is stored directly in your bicep. And 
It doesn't have to be mobilized. It doesn't have to be moved through your bloodstream. It doesn't have to cross cell membranes, go through transporters, anything like that. It's in your, it's in the cell. So it's available to be used as fuel fairly quickly. So past that like 10 second mark of high intensity activity. So that first 10 seconds is the phosphocreatine pathway. And that's where creatine supplementation is beneficial, but not going to go into that on this podcast. But past that 10 second threshold, once you keep performing high intensity activity, you move into what's called the glycolytic pathway, where you start using carbohydrates for fuel. And that sustains for another two to three minutes of relatively high intensity activity until you move into the aerobic pathway. But as the name would suggest, the glycolytic pathway uses carbohydrates. And the reason why, uh, kind of how I was getting to you before I kind of went on that side tangent, the reason why your your body prefers carbohydrates for that high-intensity high activity is because the carbohydrates are stored directly in your muscle as glycogen. And the glycogen in that muscle is used for work done by that muscle. So going back to our example of the bicep curl. When you do a bicep curl, your body's using glycogen, so stored carbohydrates that are stored in the bicep. They don't have to be transported from other areas of the body. This makes it very helpful and very useful as a quick source of fuel. Whereas fat, on the other hand, has to be mobilized. Fat loss is a systemic process. Fat burning is a systemic process. You cannot spot reduce fat. A lot of people want to know what the best exercise is to burn belly fat or like insert body part here. They want to lose fat. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. And that's part of the reason why carbohydrates are beneficial uh, more, more beneficial typically for high intensity activity because in order to burn fat oftentimes your body actually has to mobilize that um, that fat from other parts of the body so let's say you're doing work in your bicep you might have to mobilize some fat from your abdomen and of course it has to go through a whole number of processes I'm not going to outline them honestly I've memorized them um, bunch of receptors and like going across cell membranes and going through the bloodstream and all that good stuff. Um, oh, and there is the dog barking. Hopefully it doesn't freak out. Um, I think we're in the clear. But going back to the topic at hand, um, like we're talking about, fat has to be mobilized. And there's a whole number of processes. Um, just one second, going to go put the dog outside and I'll be right back. Sorry about the delay. And we're back. I should learn by now to put the dog outside. For whatever reason, whenever I record a solo podcast, I always forget to put him outside. And at the most like random times, he'll freak out. But nonetheless, let's get back to the topic at hand. I believe we were talking about how fat has to get mobilized before it gets used for fuel. And I'm not sure if that's the case in every scenario. So in some cases, you might burn fat locally in that same muscle. But it's not because... Overall, fat loss is a or fat burning is a systemic process. You're not going to use fat, reduce fat. You're not going to burn fat in a specific area because you're doing work in that area. Um, may that happen sometimes, probably, but not because you're doing work in that area. Maybe because you simply have more fat to lose in that area. But the reason and the main focus of this podcast is just helping you understand the importance of carbohydrates as fuel because they don't have to go through that whole mobilization process and transporting through the bloodstream and all this long drawn out process. They're available for you to use as quick burning energy. And that's why they're your body. uh, They're your body's primary source of fuel for high intensity activity. 
And that is why you should not be relying on fat for fuel in the context of a high-intensity sport. That is a quick way to um, low energy levels, low performance, low endurance, and you're just not going to feel good overall. Whereas if you're properly fueled and you have your glycogen stores topped off going into your training, going into your competition, you're primed and ready and you're properly fueled to perform that high-intensity activity. Now, is a high-fat approach for an athlete all bad? Not at all. But you just have to use it in the correct context. If we're talking about it in the terms of performance, most of the time, it's not the ideal thing to do. Are there exceptions to the rule? Are there anecdotes of people who swear they feel amazing on a ketogenic diet or on a high-fat diet while doing high-intensity activity? I'm sure there are. Honestly, I have not heard people, unless you're talking about like trolls on Instagram that comment on like people's posts, like pretty much the keto cult. Um, but from reasonable, like level-headed people, I really haven't heard any anecdotes about a high-fat diet being beneficial for performance in a glycolytic sport. Um, Andreas yesterday actually said that he hit his squat PR on uh, on a ketogenic diet. And I have a feeling that may have happened because he wasn't in the glycolytic pathway. Maybe he was in the phosphocreatine pathway, which isn't as dependent on glucose for fuel. So that could be why that happened. But again, there's always exceptions to the rule. But in the vast majority of cases... Um, Fueling with carbohydrates as an athlete is going to be the way to go because they provide your body with that quick-burning source of fuel, um, and you're really just going to get the most bang for your buck. If you're an endurance athlete, can you become quote-unquote fat-adapted and perform well because you're not at that anaerobic threshold or the aerobic threshold going into the anaerobic uh, glycolytic pathway? Sure. But I would argue that if you're training, if you're trying to win a race, you're going to redline at some point. You're going to cross over into that anaerobic zone at some point if you're trying to win a race. Unless you're just like walking or just jogging nice and slow, you're just participating in the race and you don't really care, awesome. Then you can technically, yeah, you can become fat adapted and cool, go for it. Um but if you're trying to win a race, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you're probably going to redline at some point. You're probably going to have to sprint at some point. Obviously, you're not going to sprint a whole endurance race, but at some point, you're going to have to push it. And when you get to that point, you're going to need carbohydrates as fuel. So even in the context of endurance sports, carbohydrates are very, very important. And again, this isn't me saying that a high-fat diet is bad. I just had someone on my podcast that went through like many of the benefits of a high fat diet and like intermittent fasting and all this stuff. There is benefit to it in uh, in some context. And that goes back to the concept of periodization. Would I have an athlete going on a high fat diet in the middle of their season when comp- when competitions are every day, every other day or once a week and performance is mandatory? Probably not. Not in most cases, in the vast majority of cases. Um but would I have someone go on a higher fat approach in the postseason phase when recovery is a priority, when there aren't as many fuel demands, when they don't need the carbohydrates to fuel performance because they're not required to perform in that phase? 
sure, a high-fat approach would be great. And I actually do recommend a higher-fat approach in the postseason phase to recover hormones, to recover insulin sensitivity, to manage inflammation, all of those things. Because, yeah, while carbohydrates are great as a source of fuel and a quick-burning fuel for athletes for performance, there are a number of downfalls that come along with them, like becoming insulin-resistant and the carb metabolism process um, can lead to some inflammation. That's the reality of it. Does that make them bad? No, they're still definitely necessary to fuel performance, and to, especially for like managing stress levels and cortisol levels and stuff like that. There's pros and cons to each side, and that's why I'm so big on periodization so you can take advantage of the pros of each side. Because if you say, oh, I'm just going to do a high-carb diet forever, that's not going to work out for you. I hate to tell you, like you're going to become insulin resistant real quick. You're like, oh, okay, so I'm going to go high fat forever. Sure, you could be, you could be healthy, like, yeah, sure, but you're not going to perform as well as you want because you're not taking in the proper amounts of fuel. The right approach is to periodize it. And subtle plug here, but I'm dropping a book on Sunday, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Saturday. Um, I'm dropping a book tomorrow that goes through this whole process. If you haven't been following along this whole week, um, been dropping hint, not even dropping hints. I've been plugging it left and right. Um, this book literally takes you through the process of periodization, so you can use a higher carb approach. You can use a higher fat approach at different times throughout the year to maximize the benefits of each approach. But I don't want to get too far tra- off track um, of the podcast. If you want to know why periodization is important, go listen to the episode from earlier this week. I believe it was on Wednesday where I went over what is nutritional periodization. So if you want more info on that, you want more um, info on why it's important, go listen to that. But I'm not going to go too off track on this episode. Um, I really just want to keep it to the focus of why you need carbs for fuel, for high-intensity activity. And really just to wrap it up, I want to recap it just so you, I make sure you understand this going away from this episode. Um, <clears throat> so just to recap, the main reason why carbohydrates are your body's uh, preferred source of fuel for high-intensity activity is because they're stored in your muscles as glycogen. And when you do work with that specific muscle, your your muscle is using the glycogen stored in that muscle. So going back to the example of the bicep curl, if you're doing a bicep curl, your muscle is using glycogen stored in the bicep. Whereas if you try to use fat for fuel in that scenario, you have to mobilize fat. There's a number of rate-limiting steps that limit how quickly that fat can be burned for fuel. So you're going to be left with less energy and lower performance. So hopefully you learned something new today. Hopefully that cleared some things up and presented that in a simple and easy-to-understand way, as is the goal with Science Saturday. So again, if you guys enjoyed the episode, go ahead and drop a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. If you have, thank you. I appreciate you. Um... I'm thinking maybe eventually I'll start doing like a t-shirt thing. Like if you drop a review, like you get entered into like a raffle for a t-shirt or some some shit like that. Um, as the podcast continues to grow, it might be a nice thing to do to just get back a little bit. Because um, you guys have seen me wearing the t-shirts. They're pretty fire. But that might be coming soon. Um, kind of just thought of that right now. But you guys get a, like a sneak peek into like my thought process on these solo podcasts. Cause it's pretty much just me talking um, but again thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed it go ahead and take a screenshot share it on your instagram story tag me in it let me know what your biggest takeaway was so that way i can get to know you a little bit better and get to know who you want to see in the podcast going forward and what kind of content you want to see 
so I can best provide value to you. So again, thank you so much for listening and be on the lookout for the ebook getting released tomorrow night.